I truly believe that a lot of times we get sick to wake up to what we really came here to do. And that's just a very spiritual outlook on the whole thing. And I believe that to be true. Welcome back to Off the Gram, the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner girl boss, and navigate the ever-changing landscapes of wellness and social media. Yay! Yay! Okay, Heidi here. Today's guest is so special for so many reasons. Anyone who has followed the holistic wellness blogging culture in any capacity over the past decade probably knows who Jordan Younger is. (laughs) Younger is the blogger and spiritual teacher behind the top red wellness and lifestyle blog, The Balanced Blonde, as well as the host of Forbes's acclaimed podcast, Soul on Fire, where real conversations meet wellness, spirituality, high vibes, and awakening. We have followed Jordan's path since her early, early days. I just showed her OG (laughs) t-shirt that I'm wearing from 2013, and it's been a winding road that she's paved for many others. She's dealt with love, hate, fame, trolls, and everything in between. And somehow it seems to only have made her stronger and more committed to sharing holistic health advice, delicious plant-based recipes, and general musings on her high-vibey life with her audience every single day. Most recently, she launched her Celestial Diet and Lifestyle Program, a seven-day nutrition and meditation program that guides people in mind, body, and spiritual transformation. Through it, she offers support for those with chronic illness, inflammation, bloat, sluggishness, and more through detoxification, cellular optimization, and the overall reawakening of your soul. Love this and love this pretty lady. Welcome, Jordan. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Such a lovely introduction. You guys are amazing. And I'm just so happy to talk to you today. We're thrilled to talk with you. (laughs) Yeah, we really are so excited to have you here, Jordan. So this is Jamie. Before we dive into today's topic, I'm just going to take a minute for our sweat this segment because today we've got a cute one. So first, let me tell you a little story. When I was in my early 20s, yep, back when I was a hot mess, as I've told you guys before, back in the party days, I decided to get a dog. Maybe not the best decision of my life, given that I could hardly keep myself alive, let alone something else at that time. But alas, I found myself with a Yorkie puppy I named Stella. True story. If it weren't for Stella, I don't know how I would have survived. She was with me through my toughest times. She was always there for me at the end of a long night or to cuddle up when I felt lost and caring for her really gave me purpose. As I started to shift my life, getting sober, spiritual, and active, she traveled the country with me. And I have told you guys before, I took three years away from New York to kind of return to my roots as a horseback rider. And she lived that farm life with me, ladies, in Florida, LA. And then she came back to New York where we settled down and met George. She was a resilient one, but like many pet owners... I was a pushover. She'd gain weight because I couldn't resist giving her extra treats like so many pet owners, but I wasn't really considering her overall health and well-being. In her later years, as it became harder for her to walk, I became more and more concerned with optimizing her weight. And once I really started doing my research, I learned that over half of dogs and cats in the U.S. are overweight or obese. That's kind of crazy, guys, like half. Many pet owners really don't even know anything about this or realize that their pet's overweight. So I ended up switching her to Beneful Healthy Weight Formula, of course, by Purina. So I was super into this because it's made with 100% wholesome ingredients. So your dog can really live their life to the fullest. It was really important to me that Beneful Healthy Weight Formula had no added sugar, no artificial flavors, and had a great taste that Stella loved. I also enjoyed Purina's other healthy product lines, specifically Purina One Healthy Weight, which uses the highest quality ingredients and added vitamins, minerals, nutrients, and those things can really lead to visible differences in your pet's health, as well as their Pro Plan Weight Management line, which offers healthy aging, reduction of cat allergens, and live probiotics. When Stella passed, I was so grateful that I had taken the best possible care of her in her later years. Helping our pets live well, age gracefully, and really enjoy their golden years is so important. 
It's really always a good time to evaluate the health and wellness of your pet to ensure they're living their best life. And you don't have to compromise on great taste to lovingly maintain their weight or happiness. You can visit www.purina.com health for more info and wellness resources from the experts at Purina. And Megan, I know that you feel me on this one because I see that you have Dempsey, your little dog well, in the room. I need to like go on the website now to find out if Dempsey's overweight. Oh, Dempsey, dog. Dempsey. Are you overweight, baby? Are you overweight? Can you say hi? Can you show I want to see Dempsey, but I want to circle ready? back, Jane. I, I can't believe that there's something that reduces cat allergens. I know all of their different lines are really highly specialized. I use Beneful, which I feel is the, is the one that's like maybe the most well-known, but um, Purina Pro Plan and then also Purina One are very, very like high specificity. If you go on their website, they have all of the information. And yeah, the Pro Plan is like super duper like high science ingredients. That's crazy. I mean, I I might've said before that I spent like months and months and months trying to get those shots to not be allergic to cats anymore. I kept going into anaphylaxis when they took it over the like lowest amount, which is a whole other issue. But so I'm like, wait, there's something that reduces cat allergy. That's wild to me. I can't. Can I ask a quick, can I take a quick poll? Just this is like popping into my head. Cat person or dog person? Go. Dog. Jordan, cat person, your cat, allergic yep, to cats. cat person. I love my cat. I'm a dog person. I once got a cat just because I wanted to name it Xerox and call it a copycat. Um, <laughs> but you shouldn't get a cat just because you want to name it Xerox because <laughs> it understood and we were not friends and it would like poop on my pillow when I went out. And eventually I gave him to Agnes, the old lady who lived next door in my condo complex because she liked Xerox not just because of his fun name. Wow. <laughs> I had a few cats growing up and then I got Stella and then I became like a total dog person. And I was like, like dogs rule, cats drool. And then all of a sudden in the last year, I was like, do I like cats again? Like all of a sudden I'm considering getting a cat. Is that weird? Cats are amazing. Don't they go really well with horses? Don't they like really get along? Yeah, well, they're usually barn cats and barn dogs, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm a dog person. My brother just got a Samoyed, which is what we had growing up. We grew up with Samoyeds. And every time I go over, I almost put his dog in my car and take it home. It's like this big, fluffy, white, marshmallow, like, and, it, and, I, and I put my face in his fur and I'm basically three years old again. And I'm like, Dempsey gets really jealous. I can barely say the name marshmallow. So I might just need another dog that is all that is a Samoyed. But it sheds though, right? Jordan, do you have cats and do they shed? Uh-huh. I have a cat and he definitely sheds. There's little white fur everywhere, especially that's my worry. Pants, black Lululemon pants. Oh my gosh, forget. <laughs> but it's worth it. It's worth it. You just need you just need a sticky lint roller or you just take a, a kitchen glove, a rubber kitchen glove, wet it a tiny bit and brush it over the couch, brush it over your pants, all that hair is gone. There's Megan's hat. True. True. <laughs> Megan always has a hat. All right. Well, I'm going to keep us moving. This is Jamie again. I'm going to hop us into the topic because we could talk about cats all day, but let's talk about like spiritual fullness for a minute because that's also very groovy. So Jordan Younger, as you guys heard in Heidi's intro, is one of the most wholesome and also controversial names in wellness both at once. After making a name for herself in her early blogging years as the blonde vegan, Younger famously broke ranks with her at the time, 70,000 followers in June, 2014, with a post entitled, Why I'm Transitioning Away from Veganism. As you can imagine, what followed was controversy and unfortunately, even death threats because people just take things way too seriously. But that's a whole other topic. Younger wrote a book about it all called Breaking Vegan. So spoiler alert, She's plant-based again, but now almost a decade later, it comes with a whole new mentality. So what had worried her about her previous life and nutritional choices was that it led her towards orthorexia or the unhealthy obsession with clean eating. Today, Younger promotes a plant-based lifestyle that leans heavy towards healing the body rather than depriving it and includes a good deal of spiritual nourishment too. And she shares this every day with her 220 thousand plus followers on the gram and beyond. We were fascinated to watch as this holistic dynamo chronicled her entire journey with Lyme disease, which had her down for the count. We are talking full body rash, bedridden for months, suffering. 
And she credits her holistic lifestyle for bringing her back and realigning her soul and purpose. So again, welcome, Jordan. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. What an intro. Jordan, I would love to start with Lyme disease because I have some very good friends who have absolutely been taken down by Lyme. Um, what did that diagnosis look like for you? And can you just sort of tell us about your journey and help us under understand what you went through? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was such a wild time. This was about four years ago that I was diagnosed with Lyme, but I had had symptoms for about 10 years without having any idea what was going on. No doctors could ever help me or tell me what was going on. I was getting tested for everything. Everything would always come back normal completely normal, which was so frustrating because I never felt well. Hence the whole, I started my blog based on a vegan diet, which helped me feel good. And then when I didn't feel so good anymore, that's when I broke vegan, quote unquote, for a very short period of time and became a super controversial topic, as you mentioned. And then I moved back to LA and the symptoms went from just manageable to completely unmanageable with full body hives, as you mentioned, just total fatigue and exhaustion to the point where I just couldn't get out of bed. Um, and it just felt like everything was deteriorating. So luckily I had a friend of mine who finally said, I think you might have Lyme disease. I think you might want to see this doctor who specializes in Lyme. And I didn't see the doctor for like six months because I was just like, I don't know. There's nobody who's been able to help me. Nobody who's been able to figure out what's been going on. But then when things started to get worse and worse and worse, and I was just truly just living in bed with my cat all the time. Um, I finally ended up seeing the doctor. She tested me for everything from Lyme disease to mold illness to um, every co-infection of Lyme and everything came up positive, like off the charts, positive. So is this like a rheumatologist or a holistic doctor? Who was this that you saw? So she's a tick-borne disease specialist, which is Lyme Basically, there's a few. That is specific. (laughs) Very specific. So she's a Lyme specialist and she's one of the best in, well, she's one of the best in the world, actually. And I'm lucky that she's here. And what is her name? Los Angeles. Her name is Dr. Erica Lehman and um, she's in Beverly Hills. So she completely saved my life and gave me a diagnosis. And then I was able to start the healing process, which has, which is ongoing. And I'm still truly in the midst of that process, but I feel so much better now. I tried a little bit of everything, which we can get into if you guys are interested in the different healing modalities, because I truly tried everything. I mean, everything anybody could have ever heard of for Lyme disease. I tried it. Um, and it was just that tricky time where I didn't really know anybody who had had Lyme. There were a couple public figures who were talking about Lyme disease, like Yolanda Hadid was talking about it on The Real House. I was going to ask you if that was her doctor. I was like, Beverly um, Hills. <laughs> I know. You would think, but no. I think she actually knows my doctor, but she had a different doctor. But all of us, we travel in similar circles to similar treatments. Why is it so hard to diagnose? Like, is it a simple blood test it, or is it that- that sometimes you test positive, sometimes you you test negative. It's sort of like a, it's there and it's not there. Um, Yeah. So it's so hard to diagnose because there is not, I mean, the the test that tests very accurately for Lyme is very expensive. And that's not the test that most doctors are giving. So most doctors, they don't even come up with the idea, oh, maybe you have Lyme. They just don't even think about it. They they would just put a different Band-Aid on the whole subject. So um, you really need a Lyme specialist who is certified, a Lyme literate medical doctor is what they're called, to read the test and then to give you the accurate diagnosis. Otherwise, if you just take the standard test, which is called a Western blot, um, it, it, you can, it can be positive, but it can show as negative. So 
That's so why can I, I just mention that I just got my test results yesterday. The reason just to bring everybody into the fray, like the reason that I originally reached out to Jordan was because as you guys know, I've been suffering with eczema um, for the last over six months, like terrible full body, 90% of my body outbreak. And I went to a holistic practitioner who um, has been treating me nutritionally, but he told me that he, it was his opinion, I had Lyme disease. So finally I got a blood test for it, which he recommended I didn't do. Cause he's like, it's not going to tell you anything either way, because it's been so long. So anyway, I got the blood test and I just got the results this morning Oh my and gosh. she said, my doctor, not the holistic one, the Western medicine one said that it was negative, but then I was left with the exact same. I was like, okay, I don't feel like I'm any farther down the line with this than I was yesterday. Which by the way, I also broke out in full body hives a number of times. And I went to a rheumatologist for that. And I did, I actually tested positive for Lyme and the rheumatologist was like, ah, there's a lot of false positives. Yeah, it's yeah. very confusing. It's super confusing. And did you have an obvious Jordan tick exposure? I mean, because I think in so many of these instances, the people I know who have suffered so tremendously with Lyme did not have that obvious tick exposure. No, I didn't. I have no memory of being exposed to a tick. So potentially it happened. Ticks are at the size of a poppy seed. So a lot of people don't notice. And if you don't get that bullseye rash, that only I think 20% of people who end up being diagnosed with Lyme get that rash. But they it used to be a myth that if you didn't get the bullseye rash, then you can't have Lyme. But now they say Lyme is also carried by mosquitoes, horse flies, um, fleas. And we, with my cat, I mean, we've been talking about animals that have had fleas so many times and who hasn't been exposed to a mosquito in their life. So I think it's just so much more prevalent than people think. And it doesn't be a dick. I am so glad, Jordan, this is Heidi, that you said that it's the size of a poppy seed. Cause that I have to say when I was living in LA before we met, I had an American Eskimo, which is like the miniature, it looks like a mini Samoyed. They're a different breed, but they're that same white fluff ball. They're those Barnum and Bailey circus dogs. They like do backflips on the elephant kind of thing. That's the breed. Um, and anyway, I had her out in LA and we went running every day in Runyon Canyon. And I can't tell you how many ticks I saw that I picked off her, but they were huge. Mm-hmm. Like by the time I found them, I guess, because they were engorged. Right. No, they can so- be big. They can be small. They can be all different sizes. So I always assumed that they were that size, honestly. (laughs) So this is a big learning moment for me that it could be that small. Yeah. No, some are big. You're totally correct. But some are not. And so the ticks that come from a deer, which is typically the deer tick that carries Lyme disease, are typically very small. Um, So it's pretty hard to notice. And if you don't find that tick or whatever it is, mosquito on you within a two week period, then you're kind of just done for because within two weeks you can treat with antibiotics, but after the two week period, the antibiotics can make it worse. So because then the Lyme, the little bugs, because that's what they are. They're called spirochete. They go into your bloodstream. They're like, they look like these little parasites in your blood. They start to burrow into your joints and just further into your into your body. So when you start to treat them, that's what they do. And they have something called a biofilm around them. And you have to dissolve the biofilm to even get to the spirochete. So it's a very hard thing to treat, which is why so many people suffer chronically. Is it considered an autoimmune? Is it technically an autoimmune the way it attacks your body? I, I call it an autoimmune, but no, it's typically, it's, t- it's technically not because it's complete. It's a tick-borne disease, which is different from an autoimmune, which is something that just happens in the body. Um, but, but it acts like one, it right? It very much acts like It's one. almost like an autoimmune response, but not necessarily, not technically an autoimmune disease. It's like the same symptoms. Yeah. It's a lot of the same symptoms, which is another reason why it's so hard to diagnose because it's so similar to fibromyalgia, MS, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, uh, many autoimmune diseases. And then it can trigger an autoimmune disease to come forth, which is what happened with me and what I think happens with a ton of people 
especially because I also mentioned the mold. So I was living in a moldy house and I didn't know. So when I found my Lyme specialist and she tested me for Lyme, she also tested me for mold and the mold was completely off the charts, which is what was truly causing the rashes and the full body hives. So it was amazing because my Instagram followers actually, um, shout out to those incredible people. I was getting thousands of opinions. So I wasn't really able to sift through it all, but enough people had said to me, it looks like you have a black mold rash. And I thought, what is that? I've never heard of that. That's not me. I think I'm just allergic to food. I just don't know what's going on. Then I Googled black mold rash and it was exactly what I had. A really scary looking, um, just very red, very angry rash that comes. That my yoga instructor had Lyme and her face would break out in this crazy, crazy rash. And ultimately she had to move out of her family's home, which was an older like 19, you know, 20s home into a brand new apartment rental just to to be in a more sterile environment. And then that that black mold rash dissipated. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Yeah. So if you're living in mold and you've had exposure to Lyme, then the molds can trigger the Lyme to come out. Basically, they flare each other up. So if I had not lived in mold, who knows? I'd be walking around with Lyme disease and maybe not even know because the symptoms were manageable until they were not manageable anymore. But the whole gift in it all and like the true gift of being sick with Lyme disease is that it changed changed my life completely. It woke me up spiritually because no longer could I just go through my days, just living my life, just doing what I did every day. I actually couldn't do anything. I lost pretty much everything and had to rebuild. And then I had to really truly go inward to ask those questions on a deeper level, on an energetic level. Why is this happening? How can I heal from this? And how can I how can I live my life if I'm never going to heal, quote unquote? How can I live my life and have fulfillment and have joy? And so I went on that journey for the last four years. And I always say it's been my greatest gift and teacher because I'm just not the same person that I was. And I think anybody who's had any type of chronic illness can relate I think something really just important to to say on this show and to say in general is I I think sometimes people poo-poo, oh, you got bit by a tick, you got Lyme disease. I have seen firsthand just how incredibly debilitating it is. I mean, one of my friend, you know, she was a mom who couldn't, she couldn't drive, she couldn't work. I mean, she was home for two years, completely incapacitated, couldn't lift her children. I mean, it is an absolutely debilitating debilitating disease. And I feel like people just who haven't seen it or haven't been too exposed to it don't quite understand. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you should see some of the messages that I used to get when I was sharing how difficult Lyme truly is, which was giving a voice to so many people who are also suffering and people were resonating. I would get messages so many messages that people would not mean to send to me. They would think they were sending it to their friend or something. She's just so dramatic. And this is just Lyme disease. This is like, what? why is she complaining? This is ridiculous, unfollowing, all that kind of stuff. Because unfortunately, Lyme is so different for every single person. So I've known people who have had Lyme, quote unquote, and they've healed. They're not really affected. And so people who know them, they're like, well, how could you possibly have the same thing? And it just manifests so differently in everyone. I mean, that's absurd. I would hope if COVID taught anybody anything, it's that an illness can manifest differently in everyone. Mm -hmm. True. Very true. I think people understand it more now. Um, When I first started talking about it three or four years ago, it was still something that a lot of people had never heard of. And then when Yolanda Hadid was talking about it on The Real Housewives, nobody had heard of it. That was like six or seven years ago. Now She was ridiculed. Oh, ridiculed by her castmates, by the audience, by everyone. And now there's 400,000 people diagnosed every year. And so think of all the people who are also going undiagnosed. It's such an epidemic. It's, it's completely impossible to ignore. So people are waking up because I think it's rare now to not know of someone who has suffered, who's truly suffered with Lyme. Jamie here. My dog Stella was my baby before I had babies. 
She got me through my 20s and I saw her through to her golden years and always valued her wellness and making good choices for her as much as I did for myself. For all you pet owners out there, you might be tempted to let your dog eat whatever they want, whenever they want, when they give you those big puppy dog eyes. But when you hear that over half of cats and dogs in the U.S. are overweight or obese, and many pet owners don't even realize it, you might think twice. It's always a good time to evaluate the health and wellness of your pet to ensure they are living their best life. If you suspect your dog or cat is overweight, consider switching to a weight management food to help them achieve and maintain a healthy weight. You can find great healthy weight formulas from one of our partners, Purina, brands like Purina One, ProPlam, and Beneful. You don't have to compromise on great taste to lovingly maintain your pet's weight or their happiness. Visit www.purina.com slash health for more info and wellness resources from the experts at Purina. I think what's interesting too is so so my yoga shout out to Home Power Yoga and Liz Schneider here. She did she was vegan and and she was on a holistic wellness journey and started having to eat bison. Give Gay had to give up kale. I mean, she tweaked her diet significantly to medicate with food. And I wonder if you could tell us a little bit how you had to eat to beat Lyme. Hmm. So again, that's something that would be so different for everybody because I had kind of the opposite experience of your friend. So I had not been vegan for a brief period of time. Well, can we really- backtrack while you answer this? Yeah. Can we do that so that it's all in one timeline? Uh-huh. Um, I would love it because then everybody listening can get the regular, like the real timeline. So first you were vegan mm-hmm. as is evidenced by the shirt I have that you had hashtag vegan, which I love because obviously I still have it. Um, (laughs) But, and then you opted out and if you could tell us why, and then why you opted back in to answer Meg's question, I would love that. Yeah. So I was vegan. I went, I basically went vegetarian at the age of 12, 13, and then toyed around with being vegan in my teenage years, my early twenties, but I didn't necessarily know what I was doing or the best ways to eat vegan to get all of my nutrients and, um, all that kind of stuff. So when I started my blog and became this vegan, um, blogger, And people looked to me for health advice, all this stuff. I still had a lot to learn. So I was doing juice cleanse after juice cleanse. I was living in the West Village, which all of you probably know well, and just going to all the juice bars and taking every offer that was sent my way because this was, this was the beginning of the blogging industry. So all of a sudden I'm getting all this stuff for free and all of the juice bars are saying, we'll pay you, we'll pay you to do a 30 day juice cleanse. So I would do that kind of stuff. And then I just overdid it. I did way too much of that. Wasn't getting enough nutrients. And, um, basically went through this whole thing of maybe I'm being too restrictive and wrote a blog post about it, which you mentioned, didn't anticipate that it would not only go viral, but would end up on everything from Good Morning America to Nightline to, I mean, every news channel in every country. It was so overwhelming. And you'd think that would be an exciting thing, but it wasn't, it wasn't at all. This was not the kind of attention that I wanted to get. Cause all of a sudden I was talking about something that I was just learning about myself. And so then I was the subject of such excruciating, um, controversy, so many opinions. And I just wanted to tell people you're attacking the wrong person because I'm still pretty much plant-based. I'm just trying, I'm just incorporating, like I was trying eggs, I was trying fish. And then, um, basically I got swayed. I had all these different nutritionists and therapists and opinions and people were very opinionated with what I should do. And I was listening to them. I was so young, by the way, I was 22. And so I just was very vulnerable and ended up listening to a lot of other people's opinions, everyone's opinion, but my own. So I did the whole keto thing. I did the whole paleo thing. I gained 45 pounds. I felt completely miserable. And it's not even about the weight. It's about, I didn't even recognize myself. I was completely miserable. My hormones were out of control. I was running marathons at that time. 
So my cortisol was super high, but I didn't know any of this. And I was just, I just didn't even recognize myself at all. So then my health started to kind of deteriorate. This was all around 2015, um, 2015, 2016. I met my now husband who was my friend and then my boyfriend at that time. And he started telling me, you know, when you eat vegan food, you feel really good. He would just kind of analyze me and say, when you eat these other foods that you feel like you have to eat to prove something to somebody, to the world, to whoever, um, you always complain. You don't feel well, your stomach hurts, um, your skin flares up, all this stuff. So we took a trip to Bali at the end of 2016. And this was like the lowest of low of how I felt in my body. The We would walk around there. Everybody would ask me if I was pregnant because it's a very different culture. So in here in America, you don't just look at someone and say, oh my gosh, are you pregnant? Congratulations. If you don't know, but it's a different culture there. So that was happening a lot because I was so bloated and I just didn't feel like myself. Um, and I just had a breakdown. And so Jonathan, my now husband, he said to me, let's just try. Why don't you just try going vegan again? And I had a lot of fears around that because I felt like, no, the vegan community disowned me. And I went through this whole thing. And then I wrote a book about it and, and whatever. So I, not whatever, but it's a whole story in itself. And then, um, a lot of psychological work to do. It's not, yeah, yeah. not don't, it's not to be mitigated it's for sure. So at the end of 2016, beginning of 2017, I very quietly went vegan again. And I was surrounded by so many people supporting me and there was really no judgment or anything. And then I didn't really talk about it publicly for probably six or seven months. And then it just wasn't that big of a deal. And I just realized the world has come a long way. It was such a big groundbreaking story that someone would be vegan and not vegan anymore. But then when I went vegan again, nobody cared. <laughs> nobody like nobody talked about it. Um, and of course, I still get questions about it. And people are very interested in that whole journey. But I have been very happily plant-based again since 2017. But then when I got diagnosed with Lyme, um, Later that year or later the following year, the, the health totally deteriorated, but it took a long time to get a diagnosis. Um, I then found this way of eating called salt, oil, sugar-free, plant-based. So still vegan, but no salt, no oil, and no sugar. And this is something that I learned about at a healing facility in Northern California. So just for my curiosity, and just in case anybody else has the same question, does oil-free mean fat-free or just oil? Just oil. So the natural, the whole version of the food, whole avocado, whole nuts, tahini, nut butter, all this stuff, totally fine. So lots of healthy fats, lots of really nourishing, delicious food, um, but just no oil. So not cooking with olive oil, nothing. So that kind of eliminates eating at a restaurant for a while. This was like the deep healing process. So this is not a way that everybody needs to eat forever, but this was, this was the way that I healed. And this was the diet that I found. What does a day in that diet look like? So what are you eating if you're salt, sugar, and oil-free? So a range of things. So for breakfast, you could have oatmeal with fruit. You could have a smoothie um, with fruit and protein powder and almond milk and nut butter and spinach. That would be like a very typical breakfast for me. And then lunch could be a big salad with vegetables, tofu, um, lemon as the dressing, maybe tahini. And then for dinner, steamed vegetables, potato, um, tempeh, beans, legumes, all that kind of stuff. So it's really, it's very, there's a huge variety of food, um, but you really have to make it at home. So I ended up doing that for a handful of years and that really helped me heal. And so I started kind of quietly talking about that on my blog. And I say quietly because I never wanted to like be that controversial voice again. Um, but I'm so happy that I talked about it because it has ended up helping so many people. And that is 
how I ended up creating the Celestial Diet and the Celestial Lifestyle, um, which is basically the SOS Free Vegan Diet, just with my own name, which has meditations and more of a spiritual component to the whole lifestyle. And we have a bunch of people going through that right now, and they're feeling amazing. And I get to hear their stories of healing and their family's stories of healing. So that makes me feel like the whole journey was for a greater purpose, even though, my gosh, it was the dark night of my own soul. That's for sure. How long does it take to adjust to a diet like that? Like, do you just have the shakes? Like if I were to do that, would I just have the shakes for the first three weeks? Like how how long does it take your body to adjust to that? Yeah. So there's definitely an adjustment period. And I wouldn't recommend anybody go straight into it from the standard American diet or depending on what you're eating on a daily basis. Um, And I'm witnessing that now as I'm guiding a group of a couple hundred people through the celestial diet. Some people are feeling automatically amazing. Other people are like, wait a second, I feel terrible. I have headaches and they're detoxing. So it's definitely a process that you take slowly. And when I did it at a um, medically supervised healing facility, they definitely take you in slow. So you would first cut out meat and then you would cut out dairy and then you would cut out eggs and then you'd be vegan. And then you would start to cut out the oil and the salt. So, um, I mean, it's not as drastic as it sounds because you're still getting so many nutrients that the body needs. Can you have caffeine? Um, Ideally, no, but that's a personal choice. I mean, I like Jordan, what's your vice? What are you like? Oh, (laughs) I just want X. Like, what's the vice? just named it. Coffee is my vice. Coffee. I have it right here. I drink coffee. Coffee (laughs) makes me so happy. And I truly believe we all have to have a handful of those things that bring us immense joy. So I'm such a coffee person. I'm such a chocolate person. I love dark chocolate, sugar-free, or now I can do like the low glycemic because I'm not 100% sugar-free anymore now that I've found so much healing. Um, but yeah, coffee, coffee is my vice. And anytime, and so many doctors have said, cut out caffeine for all the autoimmune stuff and for Lyme. So I would do that. I probably did that for at least two years. And then I just thought, did it help? Um, it definitely helped. I just think there's stages of healing and things that you can handle at different stages of that healing. So when I was deep in the healing, I was committed. I would do anything. And people ask me, how could you be SOS free? How could you be caffeine free? And I haven't had alcohol in three years. People ask me, how, how do you do that? Um, and the answer is you would do anything to get your life back when you feel the way that I did and the way that so many people do. And for me, it could have even gotten worse. So I feel really grateful, really lucky that I've had access to all these different healing treatments and modalities and healers. And also this diet is something simple, something that I can do at home. It was kind of a way of of having some control over getting my life back. I don't want to gloss over, you've actually mentioned a couple times now, the med- the meditation aspect of your healing and of your celestial program. You've also mentioned being an intuitive. Can you sort of tell us more about what that means and how the spirituality connects, please? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's such a fun topic for me. So when I got sick, I, my eyes were open to a whole world beyond what I had known. When I got very sick, I was about 26. So I was coming into that Saturn return era in, in astrology. Saturn return is when basically everything gets shaken up in your life. So for me, it was all about health and it was also about career relationships. And I also started meeting all of these incredible intuitive people through my podcast. And every time I would meet one, they would say, you know, you have this gift as well. And then I would just say, I I love that. And how do I use it? How do I tune into it? And then it just became such a prevalent part of my life over the years where I just started channeling, opening up, opening up these intuitive pathways, opening up the third eye, speaking to my ancestors, speaking to angels, guides. I mean, we can get very out there with this conversation, depending on how far you want to go. But um, 
that's been a huge component to my healing. And I also realized from a very spiritual level and a very energetic level that being tuned out to those gifts for the first many years of my life contributed to the breakdown of my health because I was ignoring something huge. It was like, imagine having all these um, spiritual gifts just right here, right on the outside and just completely tuning them out all the time. So I truly believe that a lot of times we get sick to wake up to what we really came here to do. And that's just a very spiritual outlook on the whole thing. And I believe that to be true. So I started opening up to those gifts. I had a lot of mentors who are mediums, who are intuitives and just awakened to everything that that is and felt, wow, this is beautiful. So it gave me a lot of healing and it continues to give me a lot of healing, even on my darkest days where, um, where I still don't feel good all the time, but to have those gifts and to use them, to be able to share them with my audience and share them with the people in my life is, is a game changer. Can I ask a question just about like affirmations and meditation? And I feel like there's so much and you go in so deep on it, which is amazing and beautiful. And people who follow you have a great taste of that. But for somebody who's just starting, like I've had a meditation practice on and off for years. And my husband has been so diligent lately and God bless him. I'm really actually trying to follow in his footsteps because he's really been great about meditating every day. And I'm, I've been like, if I just get 10 minutes in every day, I will be proud of myself. And I've been doing it 10 minutes though, 10 minutes. I can find 10 minutes and I can sit, sit in my, my silence. I read on your site that you offer nine meditations a day. Is that correct for your subscribers of your celestial diet? It's nine meditations total. So total. Okay, okay, okay. So wait, yeah. so my question is, so anyway, it kind of segued into my question, which is if there's nine meditations and how long is that, that, that is a seven day program? Mm-hmm. Okay. So how much do you meditate a day? Like, is it a morning and a nighttime practice? Is it at the same time every day? How long is your practice? So it's pretty different for me every day. I'm not a very regimented person and I'm not a very routine person. So that's just me. I would probably recommend that people do have a routine with meditation. In the program, I recommend people do their meditation either morning or evening. So that time where you can either have that quiet time to yourself or that time at night when you're winding down. And the meditations in the program are about 20 minutes. So I want them to be super accessible. I don't I don't think that you have to sit there and meditate for hours and hours every day just to have a spiritual practice in your life. Does your voice guide That's the meditations? Because I, I really like your voice great- and I feel like I'm meditating over the past hour. Oh, good. Just by oh, talking with you. I'm so happy. Well, I'll send you guys the meditations. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yay. Hey. Thanks. And I'll send you the recipes. I'll just send you all of it. So I meditate um, for probably 20 minutes every day, whether it's sitting and meditating, doing a guided meditation, or I'll do a walking meditation. I have some walking meditations in the program. I just think the, however you can fit it into your day is perfect. So you meditating for 10 minutes a day is beautiful. That's so much more than most people get of just sitting there with stillness and uninterrupted um, quiet. And that's what we really need is just, just tune out, tune out for a little bit. And people who are afraid of meditation, I would say you don't have to make it a big thing with all the pressure. Just put your phone down. Go find a nice, comfortable place to sit. And if you can't turn your mind off, that's fine because that's not the goal. The goal is not to turn off your mind. The goal is to just be unattached, as unattached as possible to those thoughts as they float through. And then as you go deeper and deeper, there's mantras, there's affirmations, like you said, that can help you stay focused. uh, And that can also help lessen anxiety and just bring us back to our center. So I teach a very um, a very guided style of meditation. Some people prefer just music, but I talk during the whole meditations because the people who come to me, they're looking for that guidance for the most part. Um, so I'll help guide people up to their higher self, to some of the things that I do. I speak to my higher self. That's how I opened up these intuitive channels. And, um, or I'll guide them to like a beautiful place, which is their soul's home, which is something that you can just imagine and visualize in your mind. And 
those are, it's basically all the different ways that I've found that have helped bring me peace throughout these very difficult years of my life. And um, yeah, I love it. Well, it's really beautiful. And it's funny because when people come to me, I'm a, I'm a wellness coach as well. And people always say, oh, I'm terrible at meditation. I can't do it. Even our co-host, Christine, like she she wants to like, and she's always like, I'm so bad at it. I can't do it. But then the thing is, is that we all want to be successful people. And I don't think it has to be looked at as woo-woo. When you look at the, like the data on like the the top performing billionaires, if you ever look at like the, the nine things that all billionaires do, or you even read it in like Forbes, it's not just like in holistic journals right? Or yoga daily. It's, it's like the top people in the world all usually share one thing in common. And that is that they sit in quiet for like 20 minutes a day. And if you can just make yourself do that, I like the idea of not putting so much pressure on it. Yeah. I really struggle with meditation, Jordan. I'm going to be honest. And I did a clubhouse with Deepak Chopra's team today. And I was very honest. My, the, the closest I get to meditation is waking myself out of autopilot. And so for me, it's about just trying to, to do things differently so I see things differently. And for me, that often just means standing in a different spot in my workout class, parking in a different spot at the grocery store, walking on the opposite side of the street to the ATM machine, just so that I'm more awake to what's around me and more present. That's as close as I get. That's beautiful. I think that's amazing. I mean, that's what fits in your life right now. And that's perfect. Okay. Thank you. Because I was really feeling bad today because that's, that's, that's where I'm at, right? Like that's just where I'm at. No, totally. And I think you have to, you have to work with where you're at and that's beautiful. So waking up out of autopilot, that's the first step. And if you're doing that, then you already know that's what you need right now, which is great. Thank you for validating me because I was really struggling. Well, Megan, when you're doing I a clubhouse with Deepak Chopra's well, team, that's and, a lot of press. Okay, but I was like, I need to, I need to be honest. Like, my truth is, I aspire to what all of you are doing, but I'm not there. And so, this is my practice every day is to just be present, and this is how I do that. And I, I am mindful, but it's simply trying to stay off of autopilot and be present and and live with awe. I think as Jordan mentioned, it's a really important to meet each person where each person is. Because Megs, you can't start from where someone else is. You can only start where you are, right? Exactly. And being present is the ultimate goal. So if what you're doing is helping you feel present, then that's wonderful. And meditation is what helps me feel present because I, I need that deeper stillness. Otherwise, I have just too much going on in this mind all the time, anxious, insomnia, so many things. So I know what I need to do to have that ease and that peace. And when I don't do it, I notice. And sometimes I don't do it for weeks at a time, by the way. And my husband will call me out or I'll call myself out. Actually, it's always him. He's always (laughs) like, you need to be doing these things that you're preaching to other people because sometimes it just falls by the wayside and it definitely shows. So there's really no perfection. There's no like, oh, once you start, once you start living this lifestyle, everything becomes perfect. That's what I always remind myself. It's a daily practice and I can fall off that daily practice just as easily as everybody else. So I have to really be very mindful and very consistent. How does movement work into that? Are you a yogi? Are you used to be a marathoner? Are you still a runner? I'm not a runner anymore. So the whole Lyme thing, I mean, I have not ran in so long. Um, Maybe just like short little, tiny little things on the treadmill, but I'm much more of a yogi and I always have been. That's kind of my roots. And yoga was my introduction to spirituality and to stillness. The first yoga class I ever took, I was 14 years old and my mind was blown. I was like, oh my gosh, I could feel this good and be surrounded by all of these mindful people and listening to this amazing music that they are playing in the class. And this is something I could do every day. I was just hooked. So that's when I became hooked on yoga. And I have been ever since. And 
yoga's my thing. Heidi, Heidi knows, um, yoga junkie. That was one of my original t-shirts. And also, yeah. yes, when I was sick, <laughs> I'm, I didn't, I couldn't do anything for a couple of years. There was no yoga. There was no running. There was no hiking. There was nothing. So I would just do these simple stretches in bed or on the ground. And that's what yoga became to me. So I still am working my strength back up. I think of what I used to do and I, I just, sometimes I feel so weak now because that's kind of what happened with this whole Lyme disease thing. Um, it's just such a different practice, but yoga has always been there for me. It's always been a constant, even if I'm not floating up into handstand anymore, I'm just like trying to get through, trying to get through a class. Um, but I, it always makes me feel incredible. The most advanced asana is Shavasana. True. It's so the mark of an advanced yogi is how quickly you can go from active to Shavasana. That is That's so you. true. I'm good at Shavasana. I always remind myself that. And I used to teach yoga. That was a big part of what I did before, before I got sick. And then I just realized, I mean, like I said, I awoke, I woke back up to everything that was working for me and everything that wasn't working for me. And when I was healing, I just was not in a place to hold that space for others. And now I can just appreciate being the student. Dempsey, can you write Dempsey is in Shavasana behind me and Aww. he's like, he is chilling. So cute. Animals are the greatest teachers, right? They are. Well, I think this is a beautiful place for us to get into our last couple sections of the show. So really quickly, we like to do a little lightning round and I feel like you just answered one of the questions, but I'm going to ask them anyway. It's my fault. Okay. So here are three questions. First question is morning or evening workout. Uh, evening. I'm not a morning person. Love that. Even with your coffee. Okay. And you also just answered this, but just to reground us and Heidi will appreciate what is your favorite workout? Yoga. Okay. All right. Good. We got a bit <laughs> for yoga today. And then finally, I think you already answered this too, but I love a spoiler alert, coffee, tea, or matcha. Coffee all the way. I cannot get into matcha. Oh, okay. Interesting. What do you either, put your coffee I feel like in? it tastes like dirt. Oh, right? okay. like, I like it matcha, a little bit. It okay. tastes like dirt. Matcha hater. Yeah, it does. It does. Did you say, what do I put in my coffee? Yeah. Um, so this is actually just cold brew with coconut water. And mm. um, I get this latte from the farmer's market that has coconut, like coconut meat in it. It's kind of like a smoothie. And that is what this is right now. It's so good. It looks delicious. That sounds incredible and looks incredible. <laughs> so let's move right on to our very last segment, which is called Armacle. So I force Megan to say it every week because she says it awesome. But um, because I'm the yogi, even though you already know Jordan, karma is the Sanskrit word for action. So we ask all of our amazing inspirational guests, what is one actionable item that all of our listeners could take for a short period of time that would yield a giant result? Oh, one actionable item. I mean, I don't want to be so repetitive, but I think meditation or stillness, stillness of any kind is the best thing that you can do. Even if that's taking five minutes of your day to put down your phone, to turn off the music, to go into a room by yourself and just allow yourself to feel your own thoughts. And if that feels like too much, then you can have a journal with you and journal out your thoughts. And so I would say either meditation or journaling. I love that. You just gave like an escape route. Yeah. <laughs> Does it count if your dog is with you? Oh, that definitely counts. Yeah. Counts. Bonus, you actually get bonus points. Because Dempsey's like my guard dog. If I like go quiet anywhere, he just falls to make sure I'm okay. So sweet. I love so that sweet. so much. Oh, well, Jordan, thank you so much. This was so excellent. And we just adore you and we'll continue to follow your journey. Everybody can follow Jordan at The Balanced Blonde. Check out her podcast. Check out her Celestial Diet and Lifestyle program. All of those good things. And thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast anywhere podcasts can be consumed. And don't forget to follow us on the gram at Off The Gram Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thank you, guys. This was so fun.